from days of long ago. From uncharted regions of the universe comes a legend. Now make sure you say my name right. It's Latam. See, I talk about things other people are scared to talk about. What they're afraid to say. When I walk into the building, you know what they whisper to each other? <laughs> now you tell me, you want those pretty lies, or you ready for the ugly truth? Let's get it. This is Robert Littow from BlackSportsOnline.com, and you're listening or you're watching the Ugly Truth Podcast. That's why I don't tell you the pretty lies. I tell you the ugly truth about what's going on in the world of sports and entertainment. This morning, TMZ reported that all charges have been dropped against Washington Redskins linebacker Ruben Foster, formerly of the San Francisco 49ers. Now, the reason that it's formerly is because the 49ers cut him after this latest incident with his ex-girlfriend, Alicia Ennis. Ennis um, alleges that Foster abused her. Now, this is a nuanced type of topic. It's a sensitive type of topic. So I want to start off before I get into what the truth of the matter is with this. As a man, you should never put your hands on a woman unless your life is in danger. should be as simple as that. And I hear a lot of guys saying, well, if she puts her hands on me, I hear a lot of girls say that you shouldn't put your hands on a man if you don't want to get hit back. I don't believe in that. I have a daughter. And no matter what she does, I would never want a man to put his hands on her. Because, frankly, guys, we have to look at it like this. We're grown men and these are women. So it's not the same. Now, if she's coming at you with a knife, that's totally different. Trying to hit you with a brick. I understand. She got a bat. You got to do what you got to do, you know, but a Porsche, a slap, you know, it's just better in the long run for you to just keep your hands to yourself and walk it off. That way you don't jeopardize your career. You don't jeopardize your reputation. You don't jeopardize anything. You just are the bigger man and you live to fight another day. Now, with that being said, false accusations while they don't happen often, they do indeed happen. And when they do happen, it's very important to remember that the false accusation is not us victim blaming because you can't be a victim with a false allegation. You understand what I'm saying? The victim is the person that is being lied on. That's the victim. So it's not victim blaming to say, you know something, this person possibly could be lying about this or false accusing. Now, Once again, very sensitive topic because you don't want to blame the victim until you have all of the facts. And sometimes you don't have all of the facts. Sometimes it's just a he said, she said type of situation. And in those type of situations, unless something comes to light that really kind of tip the scales, you have to make an informed opinion on who is telling the truth. Now, I say all that because to get into what's really going on with Ruben Foster And Alicia Ennis, you have to go back, way back, to the beginning of a relationship. Their relationship in and of itself has always been toxic, has always been fights, has always been arguments. Um, And I'm sure many of us in our lifetime has had toxic relationships with women and men that we realize after the fact that their relationship was toxic. But during it, while it was going on, 
maybe we felt like we could change the person or that person would change or maybe we would change. And we stuck it out much longer than we should have. That's the crux of Ruben Foster's and Alicia in his relationship. It's been bad and toxic from the start. One of the reasons that has been bad and toxic, and Miss Ennis has admitted to this, is that she has a mental illness, bipolar disorder. When you have other things that are going on, mentally, it's very hard to have a healthy relationship. Now, I don't like to say, or I wouldn't feel comfortable saying that Reuben Foster is innocent in everything that he's being accused of. What I would be comfortable saying from my knowledge and speaking to people about these issues is that Reuben Foster, the, all of the things that he's been accused of aren't necessarily true. Let's put it like that. And that's one of the issues with a toxic relationship is that part of it could be true. But because of the toxicity of it all, there's also some lies involved. Now, for people that don't know, Miss Ennis has this mental illness and has had an issue anytime that anything goes bad in a relationship to accuse her boyfriend at the time of domestic violence. It got so bad at one point that she was actually arrested and spent time in jail for accusing a former boyfriend of domestic violence that didn't happen. Now, I need you to understand one thing here is that can prosecutors, and I know my share for prosecutors and lawyers, even when they know that a woman has made up an allegation, be it domestic violence or rape or anything like that, they don't, they don't like to prosecute those women because they're afraid of women's groups. They're afraid of being seen as victim blamers. So they just rather just drop the charges and hope the whole thing goes away. So for them to actually put Miss Ennis in jail for her false accusation tells you how bad that it had to be because that rarely happens. Now, this was before she met Reuben Foster. And when she did meet Reuben Foster, going all the way back to his days at Alabama, this has been an ongoing theme. Now, as we skip ahead, Reuben Foster has had other issues, guns, weed, other things that have put him on the NFL radar. Obviously, the biggest one is when she accused him Previously, we're not talking about this current time, which we'll get to in a minute, and I'll tell you exactly what happened in Tampa. But before, she accused him of domestic violence. And we all know what happens after that. She goes on the stand and admits that she lied about everything. Now, before I get to the domestic violence lies, it also should be pointed out she just didn't lie, she just didn't go on the stand and lie about the domestic violence. She also admitted that. She wanted to ruin his career. She wanted to get him cut, that she accessed his bank accounts, um, that she accessed his email accounts, that she stole jewelry from him, a Rolex watch. These are all signs of the mental illness. So this is just not 
I'm mad at him. This is so over the top. Extortion, you know, theft, uh, you know, bank fraud. I mean, you're literally accessing the man's bank accounts and trying to steal money, out of, transferring money out of his bank account to your bank account. So this was much more. And this doesn't get reported by the mainstream media because, like I said, they don't want to make it seem like they're blaming the victim. But to me, the truth is, for you to get an accurate assessment on the situation, you have to put all of the information out there. And this it's part of the information that she went to jail for lying before that she went on the, on the stand and said that she lied again, admitted to all of these criminal acts, but didn't get punished for them. Now, at this point, a rational person or man would realize that, you know, something I dodged a bullet here. This is a toxic relationship. I've done my dirt. She's done her dirt. I almost lost my freedom, not just my career. I almost lost my freedom because of this woman. Maybe I should cut ties. Right? Seems like the smart thing to do. But alas, Ruby Foster, not that smart. So while, once again, I don't think he's innocent in the sense that Literally every single thing that she said about him is untrue. Maybe a lot of it is untrue. If you want to give him the benefit of the doubt that he's being lied on, you can't give him the benefit of the doubt that he had an opportunity to wash his hands of this situation and he chose not to. Now, these are the things that are not being reported that you need to know about. Now, I'm going to tell you some inside scoops. During the trial... And immediately afterwards, Miss Ennis and Ruben Foster kept in contact. Texting, trying to quote unquote repair their relationship. While that was going on, Ruben Foster also got a new girlfriend or a new girl that he was dating. Part of toxic relationships that is hard is to cut them off. So when he should have cut her off, he didn't. Now, I will tell you, one of the reasons that he didn't cut her off is because of more threats. I'm going to do something to myself. I'm going to lie on you again. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Sometimes that threat keeps the person around. So I can't tell you that she did continue to threaten him, but that he also continued to see her and communicate with her. So that was Ruben's foster mistake number one. Right after the trial or before the trial, should have cut her off completely, blocked her off everything, never spoken to her again, been happy with his new girlfriend. But alas, he couldn't quit her. And I'm not judging because, like I said, a lot of us have been in maybe not that type of situation, but been in situations to where we should have cut the person off and we let it linger maybe a little bit too long. Granted, we didn't have million dollar NFL contracts to think about probably maybe have changed our mind a bit, but that is what it is. So what you, at that point, you need to know that story. So after she did all of this on the stand against him, stole from him, bank fraud, getting his email, identity theft, lied about 
certain things that happened in their relationship that would get him charged for domestic violence. He's still talking to her. Now, I have to pivot a little bit because at this point, the 49ers have taken Ruben Foster back because they know the full story. They know what she did in her past. They know about the mental illness. They know about the lies. They know about the extortion. They know about the bank fraud. They know about the identity theft. So they're willing to give Ruben Foster another chance. And this is what they tell Ruben Foster. They tell him, you know, obviously, there can't be, you know, any domestic violence, obviously. That's, that's, that goes without saying. You're getting another shot. You got to, you know, you got to do this right. There can't be any more domestic violence. That's fine. The second thing that they told him was that don't embarrass our organization again. Don't embarrass our team. Don't embarrass our owner. Don't embarrass our coach. You know, just do your job and everything will be fine. Stay out of the news. So what does Ruben Foster do? Sorry, my shoulder's itching. Sorry about that. Early in the morning. Early, still early on the West Coast. So what does Ruben Foster do when they tell him not to embarrass the organization, the team, the owner, the coach, et cetera, et cetera, his teammates? I won't say that. Well, I will say it. Okay. Uh, he, he. This is where it gets, uh, I guess, a little tricky as far as how she ended up in Tampa. She claims that he flew her out, or flewed, that's what the kids say now, to work on their relationship. People at Foster's camp tells me that she actually came on her own and then threatened to tell his, his, girl, his current girlfriend that he flew her out. Now, I, I don't know which one of those are true. Now, once again, one person has been in jail for lying, so take that as, as it is. But the fact is, somehow she ended up in Tampa Bay at the team hotel before the, the 49ers played the Bucks. At that point, here's what I've been told had happened. This is what I've been told. I've talked to some people. I got some people down in Tampa. I know some people. Uh, within the police department. I've talked to some people on the 49ers. Uh, I've talked to some people that is close to Ruben Foster. And I've even talked to some people that are close to Miss Ennis as well. And this is what I was told more or less what happened. Is that, yes, she ended up there. She wanted to go to his room. He did not want that to happen. Look at this team hotel. They're in a lobby hallway area where an argument ensues. Foster, at this point, is finally realizing, hey, this is not going too well. Maybe I shouldn't have kept talking to her. Maybe, you know, you want to say that he strung her along. Um, But whatever the case, she knew about the new girlfriend. So once Foster asked her to leave, her response to that was, well, I'm going to contact your new girlfriend, tell her we're still talking, we're still sleeping together, that you flew me out to Tampa, and yeah, I'm going to try to break up your relationship. At that point, that's where the phone comes into place. I have been told that Foster maybe had grabbed the phone through the phone because she was getting ready to text or do whatever she was going to do. So at that point, he does make some sort of contact with her. 
at that point, Foster realizes that, you know, I'm in, I'm in trouble. I'm in, I'm in big trouble. I don't know what to do. And he leaves the scene. When he leaves the scene, obviously she goes back to her M.O., which is calling the cops. She calls the cops and says that he slapped her, he did all of this, and that's not necessarily true per the witnesses on the scene. Um, she goes on Good Morning America, says that she lied to protect them. Um, they don't ask her about the real problem. With, I don't know if it was Good Morning America. It was one of those morning shows. The issue that I had, I didn't have an issue where if you want to go on TV and talk about it with your lawyer, that's perfectly fine. But the issue I had is they didn't ask her, you know, they asked her why she lied previously on the stand, but they didn't ask her about the bank fraud. They didn't ask her about the, the identity theft, the robbery, and they didn't ask her about her previous arrest for lying about domestic violence. You have to tell people the whole story so they can understand. At this point, she calls the cops and everything. Obviously, the cops come. Foss is arrested. The 49ers get the info. And I can tell you this with 100% certainty. They felt that it was more Miss Ennis causing the issue than Foster. But the reason that they cut Reuben Foster was because they had told Reuben Foster that not to embarrass the franchise again. So they literally, in good conscience with him with another domestic violence case hanging over him, couldn't keep him. And that's when the Redskins come in. The Redskins come into the picture because they get the information. Now, the, hold on, I got an alert. I got swipe. Don't, don't worry about the swiping a little bit. <laughs> I, can't, I can't see with the alert on there, and I like to see myself when I'm talking. So you're going to hear stories of the Redskins, you know, signed Ruben Foster, and obviously that caused a big controversy, and the Redskins didn't, you know, do their due diligence and everything like that. What I've been told is that the Redskins did speak to some people um, within the 49ers to get exactly what happened. And they spoke to Foster, um, who told them, you know, exactly what happened and her history and, and things like that. They were comfortable with that. Now, they could have probably saved themselves some grief and just waited for the charges to be dropped. But the flip side of that is what would have happened was the charges would have been dropped. He would have become a free agent. And then with the charges being dropped, probably, I wouldn't say all 32 teams, but a good amount of teams then in turn would say, oh, well, he's, he's, you know, if he's suspended, it's going to be light. It's not going to be long. He might not be suspended at all because the charges was dropped. And then, you know, they would try to sign him. Um, by getting in on it early, they end up, you know, being able to retain his rights. And it's not so much that they look like they were right because some of their comments and some of their actions right after the waiver claim, let's just say, were inappropriate and could have been handled a little bit better. Um, in the end, it does look like that Foster will be able to play again and that this situation in its totality doesn't make Foster look like the, the best of guys, but you really have to take into consideration the source of who's making the accusations. I mean, it'd be different if it was three women and, you know, two of them had impeccable credibility and then one didn't, then you could say, you know, maybe there's a pattern. What I've been told is, like I said, right at the beginning, toxic relationship, 
with a mentally a person that's dealing with a lot of different mental issues, be it depression, anxiety, uh, bipolar disorder, who's admitted this before, that has lied before. That it, I mean, it's one thing to lie and go to jail, which she did. It's totally the other thing to lie in court. You basically perjured. You know, if you if she if you believe that she's telling the truth, that she lied on purpose to protect Ruben Foster, then you perjure yourself on you know in court. Like anybody that would do that, like it's just it's just a lot you know going on. So to circle back, do I believe that Ruben Foster is innocent of everything? I can't confidently say that. Do I believe Ruben Foster? And this particular last incident in Tampa did what he was accused of uh, based on the knowledge that I know I do not. Do I feel like Ruben Foster is an idiot and for putting himself in these bad situations over and over and over again? Absolutely. Do I feel that his NFL career should be over based on just based on the information that we know? No, because we have an accuser who has been to jail before for lying, who's either A, told the truth about lying, or B, perjured herself, so we know she's capable of lying to a judge, (laughs) and someone that was threatening Reuben Foster and his new relationship uh, to the point where she called the cops. And it's not the first time that she said that she would call the cops and make an accusation against Rupert Foster to get him out of the NFL. Once again, it's a very nuanced topic. It's a very sensitive topic. I support domestic violence victims. I don't like guys that put their hands on women, but I'm a person that's going to tell you the truth. And then you can make your own informed opinion. It's not my job to make your opinions for you. I just tell you what I know. I tell you what people have told me. I give you my opinion on the situation. I give you, I tell you what's facts. I tell you, I tell you what's my opinion. And then you guys can make the decision. And that's one of the reasons why when this first came out and everybody was killing the Redskins, while I was, I did make a point of saying how they, they handled it wasn't the best. I didn't necessarily just bury Ruben Foster because I was aware that this was a possibility uh, down the road that he was going to be cleared of all charges. So that's the ugly truth with Robert Latale about Ruben Foster and his domestic violence cases and his uh, all charges being dropped. You can follow me on Twitter at BSO. Facebook will have the video of Ruben Foster uh, up shortly. Black Sports Online Facebook dot uh, com slash black sports online and the youtube channel is bso tv we'll also have the video of uh, this session this ugly truth session about ruben foster if you have questions comments or anything just let me know and i'll try to clear them up for you i'm out